Hello, welcome to the Guilt Grace Gratitude Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Peter Bell, and we are on Catechism Saturday, Lord's Day number 44. And we will be going through question answers 113 through 115, covering the Ten Commandments and a summary of the commandments. And again, this is from Zacharias Ursinus, his commentary and his exposition of the Heidelberg Catechism. And real quick, before we start this week's episode, make sure you listen to Monday's episode on the Davidic covenant, the culmination of the covenants beforehand with a conditional elements for the king himself with the responsibility to fulfill obedience, where when he lacks obedience, the people suffer. And when he fulfills it, the people are blessed. And the unconditional element underwriting all things that's fulfilled by God himself, especially in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And Thursday's book club episode on Dr. Crawford Gribbon's recent Oxford University Press book, Survival and Resistance in Evangelical America. Dr. Gribbon is a lecturer at Queen's University Belfast, and in this book he goes through the Reconstruction Movement, where you'll learn what that term means, in the Pacific Northwest. So, let's start. Question answer 113. What is God's will for you in the Tenth Commandments? That not even the slightest desire or thought contrary to any one of God's commandments should ever arise in our hearts. Rather, with all our hearts, we should always hate sin and delight in all righteousness. And then Rosinus, his exposition, he states, The design and end of this commandment is the internal obedience and regulation of all our affections towards God and our neighbors and his goods, which must also be included in all the other commandments. Therefore, this commandment enjoins original righteousness towards God and our neighbor, which consists in a true knowledge of God in the mind with an inclination in the will to obey the will of God as known. It properly commands original righteousness towards our neighbor, which is the desire and inclination to perform towards our neighbor, which is a desire to perform these towards our neighbor, all the duties which were acquired from us and to preserve and defend his safety. Then the next question answer, number 114. But can those converted to God keep these commandments perfectly? No. In this life, even the holiest have only a small beginning of this obedience. Nevertheless, with all seriousness of purpose, they do begin to live according to all, not only some, of God's commandments. And Sir Zionist exposits this. Perfect obedience to the whole law was possible to the nature of man before it was corrupted by sin. And that is it respects every part and degree of obedience. As it is to the angels, for man was created good, and after the image of God in righteousness and true holiness. So the nature of man in its corrupt state after the fall 
is entirely unable to fulfill what the law demands. It cannot so much as commence acceptable to God. The obedience of the law is possible in the regenerates as touching external propriety and discipline. What they can do, what we can do on the outside. As it respects the imputation of Christ's righteousness or by the benefit of justification and regeneration, which we have obtained by faith. And as it respects the commencement of internal and external obedience in this life. We begin to produce these things in this life, but we do not complete it. But the law is impossible as it relates to the perfect internal and external obedience, which it requires because the regenerate do not fulfill the law perfectly, but do many things in opposition to it. He said the regenerate. And because even those things which they do according to the law are imperfect, for there are still many sins remaining in the regenerates as original sin and many actual sins, neglects, omissions, and infirmities, which sins the godly acknowledge and bewail in themselves. And then he quotes Isaiah 64, 6. And there is a difference then between the regenerates and unregenerates when they sin. Because God has a purpose to save the regenerates. There is a certain final repentance on the part of the regenerates. And even with the sins of the regenerates, there's always remaining some beginning or end of true faith and conversion. Then the last question to answer, number 115. Since no one in this life can keep the Ten Commandments perfectly, why does God want them preached so pointedly? He says, first, so that all our life long we may more and more come to know our sinful nature and thus more eagerly seek the forgiveness of sins and righteousness in Christ. Second, so that we may never stop striving and never stop praying to God for the grace of the Holy Spirit so that we may be renewed more and more after God's image until after this life reach our goal, perfection. So to exposit the use of the divine law, Ursina says it is necessary that we should keep in view the differences of each part of the law. And there are four, or there are two, or there are three that he exposits here. The first is the use of the ceremonial laws of Moses, that these might serve as a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ and his kingdom. And he references Galatians 3.24. And that it might distinguish the Jewish church from all other nations. And that it might be an exercise of piety and a declaration of obedience to the moral law, and also a confirmation of faith. Second, the judicial or civil laws, which they might, per, they might contribute to the preservation of the mosaic polity. So they might be types of the government of the church in the kingdom of Christ, inasmuch as the princes and kings of the Jewish nation were no less than the priests, a type of Christ, the high priest and king of the church. So the uses 
of the moral law are different according to man's fourfold states. And he picks out four. The first is nature uncorrupted or is not yet depraved by sin as our nature was before the fall. And this consisted of entire imperfect conformity of man with God and a good conscience or a consciousness of the divine favor and certain hope of eternal life. The second is a nature corrupted and not as yet renewed by the Holy Spirit's there are also two uses of the law, the preservation of discipline and external propriety in the church and the world, and the knowledge of sin, which the law accuses, convinces, and condemns all of those who are not regenerated because they are unrighteous before God and subject to eternal condemnation. The third is a nature restored by Christ as it respects the regenerates there are many uses of this law. The preservation of discipline and obedience, outward obedience to the law. A knowledge of sin. The use of this law, although it likewise has reference chiefly to the un unregenerates, nevertheless belongs to the godly also like a mirror. Another use of the moral law is that it might be a rule of divine worship and of Christian life. And that the exposition of the law delivered to the church may teach that God is and what he is. The voice of the law sounding in the church is an evident testimony, teaching what the true church is and what true religion consists. And it admonishes us to the image of God and man. Or we may say it is a testimony of the excellence of human nature before the fall and of the original righteousness of which is in Adam and is again restored to us by Christ. It is a testimony of eternal life, still future, in which we shall perfectly fulfill the law. And lastly, in nature perfectly restored and glorified after this life, the law will also have its use. For although the preaching of it and the ministry of the whole church shall then cease, Yet there will still remain in the elect a knowledge of the law, while perfect obedience to all his demands and full conformity with God will be wrought in them. We will be truly perfect and fully in conformity with the law. So thanks again for listening to this week's episode, Lord's Day number 44, Catechism Saturday going through Zacharias or Sinus's Heidelberg Catechism. Question answers 113 to 115, covering the 10th commandments and a summary of the use of all the commandments. Make sure you guys listen to Monday's episode, The New Covenant as Promised in the Major Prophets. And then Thursday's book club episode on the Old Testament use of Old Testaments by Dr. Gary Schnitger published by Zonervan Academic, and he's a professor of Hebrew and Old Testaments at Cairn University. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode, and we will see you again next week. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode of our podcast, Guilt, Grace, Gratitude. And we, as we've said before, we are bridging the gap to Reformed Christian theology 
for your listening pleasure. So we would like to make sure this is enjoyed by others around the world and how to best do that is rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, and you, after you rate and review or instead of rate and review or doing everything all in once, retweeting us on Twitter, liking us on Twitter, liking us on Instagram, following us on both of those platforms, because that actually puts in front of people's physical face this podcast, these guests, and most importantly, the gospel, the doctrines uh, that these guests are, are bringing in front of you guys. So please do that. It helps get in front of more people. Amen. And hopefully you guys are part of a local church and you're tithing. And uh, after that, after tithing, if you have any means left over, please consider donating to us to make sure our bridge is well paved and maintained and strong and sturdy. As again, we bridge the gap to reform Christian <laughs> theology. Exactly. The yeah. And you guys can find that link on anchor our official anchor website if you just go on um, our social media links it'll it'll link you to that website it's also at the bottom of these this podcast show notes if you're on this podcast this specific episode scroll all the way to the bottom of that show notes and you guys will find a link for this for three different options of donating so we hope you guys can help us bridge the gap pay for shipping get nicer stuff all for the focus of spreading the gospel further Yep. All for the kingdom of God. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you guys next time.